Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 29, Maintaining the Vision for Melee. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jesse, a.k.a. Cypher. Okay, you get it. Thank you so much for joining me on yet another episode here. And today we have Radar. That's right, the very Radar SSBM, some of you may know him by, is here to chat with me about all kinds of fun content-related stuff, Melee-related stuff. It is a spanning conversation. And if you are an aspiring content creator or if you're in the weeds of content creation yourself, I think you'll find this to be very interesting, especially through the lens of Melee a game that unites all of us here in the Melee sphere. Is there actually anybody listening to this that doesn't listen to Melee? Because I'd be kind of curious to know. Alrighty, well, let's go ahead and get to this interview with Radar. We have lots to talk about afterwards, including the fact that this episode is on YouTube as well. (gasps) But meanwhile, here's Radar. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I am joined by Michael Gallagher, a.k.a. Radar, co-host of The Mix-Up, the genius behind such content channels as the Radar SSBM YouTube channel, over 1 million collective views, and a low-key legendary music producer? We could talk about that as we get going here. Radar, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. I really appreciate you making the time. You are not only making YouTube videos, you're seemingly at the head of a lot of different projects. So I really appreciate you setting aside the time. The music producer bit was mainly because I recall, and I can't remember this for sure, but weren't you the one who made the music behind the trailer for Five Days of Melee? Yeah, I I made the music for that. And I also made the music for the... uh games like for example the jeopardy i did the like really weird fox i don't know if you heard it it was like a made with shines like duh, 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 but it was with shines and oh yes i do remember i thought that was awesome but i did not know that was you yeah so like a lot of the audio anything that was related to the games i did all the sounds i did all the uh music like i basically ripped off the uh what's it called who wants to be a millionaire theme because we were worried we would get uh some kind of copyright issue. So I made like, you know, a copyright friendly version that wasn't like the same melody, but kind of same vibe. And then, yeah, for the trailer, I also did the music there. And that was, it gave gave me nostalgic vibes, if if I'm being honest, because it just sounded like Christmas and anything that has the jingle bells, you know, just rocking in the background, just, and then combined with Melee, I'm sure many people have told you how awesome that theme was and you've made other themes as well, to your point, but that was really cool. That probably is a good place to get started, actually, because I'm curious of how you look back on Five Days of Melee now. You know, it's been longer than a few weeks ago, a few months ago. It's been almost half a year now. What do you recall from that month of getting that event off the ground? Yeah, it was a funny kind of, thing because it moved very quickly i'm sure other people have mentioned that same kind of thing when recalling the uh, five days melee event but it was basically like walt and i were talking and walt mentioned that um matt.zeb had said something about like maybe doing something for christmas and you know we're kind of figuring it out and then about a week in i was kind of i don't even know like when I, i got involved but we started i started talking with matt and he was like yeah yeah we're gonna be doing this thing maybe but maybe not we really don't know if it's going to happen and we kept getting closer and closer to the day and i was like is this happening he's like if we all assume it will happen it will happen so we you know 
very quickly it kind of kept ramping up and ramping up and then it just like started moving really fast and it was kind of my first like big event in terms of being involved involved in it directly like i've done commentary for some events and stuff uh before but i'd never been kind of as directly involved in that way whereas you know i did a bunch of different things like the music the game shows commentary just a bunch of things so that was it, it was a pretty crazy event for me but hopefully one that you look back on fondly and if it were ever to come up again you would go oh yeah sure or is it more of or do you say to yourself secretly please let this maybe not be a thing for at least another few years uh no i definitely look on it fondly i think the next time i do it i probably won't be able to dedicate as much time to it like i kind of ended up doing just a bunch of random stuff i was you know doing the video editing i was like it it kind of was sort of a lot of work i guess (laughs) you know it maybe too much work so i think i having that experience i'd be able to be like you know, we need a video editor for this portion. We need this to be done, like delegating it a bit better. But um, I fully expect it to happen again this year just because people enjoyed it so much and people enjoyed making the stuff so much. So I would like to be a part of it again, for sure. That's really cool to hear. And speaking of video editing, that was going to be one of my questions. Now's as good a time as any. We'll get to your origin story in a little bit, I promise. But I wanted to hear about your perspective on video editing because Awesome Sauce posted an impromptu AMA the other day and you had asked in the in the replies of what's your favorite part of the process or least favorite part of the process, more or less you had admitted, oh, if only I like video editing as much as you do. You you were maybe not all in, all in on the video editing train. What are your what are your general feelings on producing a video, and more specifically, once most of it is done and it's mostly just the editing left to do? Yeah, so I guess I lump in editing with like, kind of like finding clips as well. Um, and I would you kind of think of like like uh, clip generation as sort of separate but it still is sort of in that sphere and all those things i guess you're asking what what are my thoughts on it like because you did you did mention that yeah like i i uh it is not something i like as much which is a weird thing to say because i imagine the videos and still think in a very visual way so it's not that i don't like the visual element of videos but there's something about like for me, when I'm writing a script, it's like taking a puzzle and trying to solve like, like it's like a writing puzzle. So if I have a video on, I don't know, how to do up throw rest or whatever, I try to think of like what exactly, you know, which is a video I have not made. I don't know why I use that as an example, but you know, what, what can I, what must I absolutely say? What can I leave out? How can I get this as short as possible? How can I make sure that someone who like doesn't know anything about this would still be able to understand while also not making the people who are more experienced with the game kind of understand. And that that kind of condensing down is it's all like a writing exercise. And then there's the visual element that kind of goes along with it. Like, what can I do to visually guide people along? But it's almost like by, by the time I finished the script, there's a part of me that feels like it's almost done. And then having to go and do all the visuals is like, uh, isn't this finished? If that makes sense. So I do like it, but it's not even close to how much I like the script writing. And it does sometimes make me wonder if I should like 
try to partner with someone and if that would help me get more content out. But it's it can be hard to uh, work with someone else when you're you know you have a very strong creative vision, I guess. Very fair, and this actually makes me think of the concept of and I only know this to a very slight degree, so I am deferring to you here, but it's almost as if you're making the video several times over, and when it comes to the visual element, and that's being the last thing, you've already sort of made the video, in a certain sense, a couple of different times, so that feeling of, man, isn't this done yet? That kind of makes me think of that, because I'll, I'll go through just, just audio, and so considerably easier, I have to say. <laughs> I haven't even messed with video yet, but... I'll think to myself at a certain point, I've, I've done this and here I am still doing it and I get through it and I push through. I don't mind editing sound stuff. It's not that big of a deal, like I said, but I think that's what I'm hearing from you, that you're, you almost sort of visualize how it is and yet somehow it's not physically or tangibly anywhere. You just have to translate it from your head into an actual real video. Yeah, pretty much. Like it, it's just one of those things where I... I the hard part in a lot of ways was often getting to the point where I had a finished script. Like sometimes that will take a lot of research or testing or, you know, I'll be doing some of that kind of clip generation by just because I had to test things in, in 20XX or whatever. And so if the script is done and I have a good idea of like, this is what the video is going to look like start to finish, then that editing process, content, you know, finding clips and stuff, it does sort of feel like a chore. And there's also this element of like, with the script, because somehow the writing process feels more like, I don't know what the word would be, but like, I'm more connected to it somehow when I'm doing it. So when I'm, and I'm able to, because it's less complicated, I guess, I'm able to sort of take what I'm imagining and then what the finished product is and have them be pretty close, especially if I'm revising and revising and revising. Whereas sometimes I imagine videos and then they don't turn out how I'm imagining them. Like there's still a pretty big skill gap, whether it's a, because vid videos are so much more complicated, right? Like if I want to write a good article or even do a podcast, there's of course, you know, a ton of skills involved, which I don't need to tell you, but if I also want to add a visual component, you know, then there's, it draws on skills like graphic design and maybe I need to do some like animation, you know, in After Effects or something. And, you know, which kind of sort of cinematography almost like which clips do I cut to and all these other skills that are very visually based and I find interesting, but, but it kind of is like they, it, it wants you to be good at everything. And I think something that, you know, other people who make videos, like I think about this a lot that I probably do the most by myself of any content creator in Melee. Like if you look at SSBM tutorials, it's like Kira and Connor, and they're kind of often collaborating with other people. Um, if you look at the Elson Melee guys, there are several people working on the channel together. Even Walt, like is probably the closest in terms of independent workflow. And he still is like, collaborating with uh you know he'll have like a task guy that does task clips or he'll have like a you know uh, he'll get jd to make a jdmh to make a 3d kind of bit or whatever you know like there's some level of collaboration and 
I seem to always end up doing these things by myself. Again, like I sort of alluded to. And because you can't be good at everything, uh, sometimes there's that gap, the quality gap. I know that's a bit rambly, but yeah. You, this is your platform. You're more than welcome to ramble. It, it's making me think of how, and I, I wouldn't, say that I feel that I have a super strong creative vision as much as somebody like you perhaps but I have a pretty clear idea of what I want to do more often than not when it comes to the podcasting bit it's but when, with the interview itself obviously that that's not something you control it's it's somebody else that you're having a conversation with so that's that's lovely but then I think about I think about you I think about the other people that are in the melee game if you will and to your point you're having this back and forth, this dialogue in your head of saying, I have a pretty clear idea of what I want and I really want to stick to that because artistic integrity or or however you want to define it, but then also going, maybe help would be nice every now and again, but that is the direct trade-off. I think that this isn't a one-to-one example, but it sort of reminds me of Fezzi to his credit as an amazing, amazing programmer and does all kinds of amazing things behind project slippy and giving us rollback so that's that is a big thank you to fizzy but i've heard him talk about bringing on more people to collaborate with project slippy enough that that i can tell just by hearing fizzy talk about it in interviews if it's on the scar and tof show or what have you shout outs but fizzy has a really clear vision of how to do things and is almost hesitant to accept help more often than not because of that strong vision i think that it is a dual wielding effect sorry a double-edged sword that's what i meant to say so i don't think it's a either like a a a bad or 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 an amazing thing at the same time i think it's just you radar i think that your videos come across pretty pretty well and even if it's not quote-unquote flashy or whatever you feel is is missing sometimes they're still really enjoyable so (laughs) you at least have a fan in me and and the other people that subscribe to your youtube channel i think the challenge for me is mostly a time thing so you know it's not uh most people who subscribe to my channel are aware that i'm I'm not making weekly videos and there there's you know health reasons i'm sure which we'll touch on later as to that but even even before i had those issues like you know, it's it, it's hard to juggle all of this sort of on your own. You know, I think another person like Junebug, Junebug knows all this stuff about Melee and then partnered with like a video person, to kind of an editor to help him. And it's very, very common on YouTube to have like, you know, Toph has a video editor, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, Hugs has a yes. video editor for sure. Like it's just that, that kind of combo is very common. And you see it a lot with streams, which is a bit different from the kind of videos I do. But yeah, it's it's not even just so much about like a competing vision it's also about like a and i'm sure this is what fizzy is thinking as well is so i I work as a copywriter in advertising which is basically the people who like write the ads like the kind of creative side they come up with like it's not just like writing like you come up with some idea like uh you could write the old spice ad and you know he's on a horse blah 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 and in those times when you're working on a project sometimes you might be like kind of overworked and you could ask like your you know your boss or whatever like hey we need more people on this but the problem that you run into is then you have to like brief them in on the whole project and say like hey this is what we need to do this is what the client wants this is blah 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 and then you ended up spending like three hours on a project that's going to take you 10 hours to get someone else to help you 
And it's like, oh my God, did I actually save time here? And so for me with my videos, sometimes I think like, okay, if I were to get some kind of video person to, to edit stuff together and they were like looking for clips and stuff, well, what if they didn't get the right clips? Then I have to tell them like, hey, here are the clips that I want. And at that point, well, if I'm already having to find the clips, then do you get what I mean? Like there's, it, sometimes it's hard to, unless you have someone that you really trust to be able to do, not just from a creative standpoint, but just do like what you kind of want to do um, without having, like, and it's truly save you time. It sometimes doesn't feel worth it. But I think that, you know, investing in some kind of partnership in the long run is how people are able to get a lot of these extra kind of content and stuff out. So it's something I think a lot about and maybe in the future I would end up having someone else that I worked with to sort of speed things up. If it makes you feel any better, I think about in terms of a much smaller scale, I think about when I eventually have caught up with all of the all the interviews that I'm trying to put onto YouTube now because I have a YouTube channel that's something that people may or may not want to check out. I'm trying to get all the podcast episodes I've ever done onto there and then to keep keep up with that but I'm like YouTube is not always super friendly to our plus YouTube videos where it's just a screen it's just an image so how do I mix that up from there I think about I think the obvious answer is bringing on somebody with actual editing experience and to be that that duo sort of vision because I'm looking at all the other people around like you were saying Tove Hugs PPMD none mango i mean I mean, everybody seems to have a, a video editor and to be fair all the people that i just named have streams and so it's more of like stream highlights or specific mm -hmm. stream sessions where they're going over something specific and so maybe it's not the same as making a micro melee video which is something that you do that's that's one of your series on your youtube channel and so there there is a difference but that's what i have been considering as well i'm thinking I don't have time, <laughs> like you were saying. Uh, this is not something that you can put all 40 quote-unquote hours of your work week into, and same for me. I, I have a full-time full job also, and it it is very challenging to say, I really want to do this kind of stuff. This is exciting. This is something I'm passionate about, but also there are bills to pay and all the do's, all the don'ts, all of life, basically, and so it sounds to me like you are continuing to think through that process and that's a good thing that eventually you'll come to a point where maybe you go, this is the person who I would like to work with, sort of where I feel like I am except a few steps behind you where I'm like, I don't know if I would ever trust anybody else to do, to your point, to do something that kind of aligns with your vision. But I hope that you're able to find an answer on that at some point. For sure. And I think a, a thing that is unfortunate as well as that like whenever you you know if i were to pay someone to do this like like my videos don't make a lot of money even my most successful videos don't make that much money and i have some videos that have three hundred thousand views so if i were to split the money even if it wasn't a 50 50 split like i might be losing money now i know that someone like ludwig for example had multiple video editors that he was basically paying more than he was making for a while um, and obviously we all know that that paid off. So there's, there's value in like, okay, if I can get to do this consistent content over time, the channel grows and soon, you know, this whole thing is very, very profitable and good. But, um, that's another side of it where it's like, man, if I, 
if I save myself eight hours, but then cut my earnings in half or something like it can be a hard pill to swallow when, you know, those earnings might be $25 or something. You think, oh man, that's like a dollar an hour for, for the effort I put in or whatever. Right. So, so it's tricky, but, but I, I feel like I have so much evidence in front of me that's saying this is the method that people use successfully, you know, like, yeah, there are some people that do everything by themselves and it works like an awesome sauce or something. And it really, really works out well. But, um, you know, it's so much easier to specialize in one thing and then have other people, you know, maybe who are better at another thing and then kind of combine. So, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky for sure. Want to give a shout out to the wannabes podcast. This is something that I've heard them talk about enough times where, JD and Wasabi both feel like video editing, that's not really our thing, but if we can find someone who's willing to help out while we're still small, or if we can eventually afford to throw a few bucks in somebody's direction to help us pump out more content and then sort of build from there. It, it's something that a lot of the the smaller side of things, the non-Ludwigs of the world, because honestly, it is pretty much just Ludwig and a handful of other people who are at that crazy high, ridiculous success level the simple truth of the matter is is that it's probably not going to work out that way for, for everyone in the Melee game or in the content creation game in general and how to balance all that. What do you really want to do? What do you not want to do? So I have a, I have a big question to wrap that up, but I'm going to try to save that for... To, uh, not tomorrow. <laughs> hmm. Save that for a little bit later. We are not talking that long. Okay, I wanted to rewind then back to a little bit of your origin story and speaking of the wannabes you and jd as i recall or what was it wasabi i'm it pretty was JD, sure it was jd yeah. who talked on the wannabes podcast and went over your origin story a little bit so i want to make sure that people check that out as well to hear your story but to go over it again here maybe one question to start it is have you been in vancouver all of your life no i i moved in uh 2017 my uh now fiance girlfriend at the time is from here and she was working we were both we both went to school in a post-grad program after university and that's how we met and then the time i was kind of just like well you know we could live here or i could live there i'm sort of open to whatever so i moved to from uh technically mississauga ontario um, but the school was in toronto um from there into uh vancouver british columbia and been here ever since so that is what, yeah, that is kind of the beginning, I guess. And how long did you want to continue to stick with specifically the Ocarina of Time speed running? That was, that was something that you were really passionate about for a while. And I'm assuming that you still have a, a very high regard for the game, love for that community, but you have moved on in some respects. But th that was probably like the first big thing that you were known for in the YouTube sphere. I believe you had a separate YouTube channel for it, although I can't recall uh, 100%ly, which is a good reason why I should go back and listen to the Wannabes podcast interview with you. What led you to Melee at that time? So actually, that was well before it. Um, I started doing speedruns in probably like seven years ago. And I, I watched, I'm trying to even think, uh, yeah, just a bunch of kind of runners like CFG, Narcissa, kind of people that were sort of popular in the space at the time. And I started getting into speedrunning. And then um, apparently 
says six years on my YouTube channel, my current YouTube channel, it is the same channel. Yeah, June 3rd, 2014 was when I did a full tutorial on how to speed run the game, at least the any percent, any percent category. So the question was uh, like, kind of, how did I move from that or? or... Yeah, how you moved on from that to towards Melee or was there a game in the middle there? Yeah, well, really for me, like, you know, maybe I said this on the other podcasts, like I kind of started the, the, I feel like the first game I ever really was like truly competitive in was like StarCraft II, um, I, I, which was probably around like came out in 2010. I, I bought it on release. So I was really, really involved in that. And I got very good at the game and was very serious about it and, and watching kind of all, all the streams and everything. And then after that, the game had a lot of issues for a little while and I kind of fell out of it. Like it's, it's good now. It's, if anyone ever wants to get into an RTS, it's definitely a good game to check out. But I don't know even, yeah, like I sort of fell into speed running, started, it was something that I really liked at the time. I started getting involved in streaming and then I started doing the kind of tutorials. And around that time, like, like a lot of other people, kind of the documentary had come out and I'd played Smash like in 2001 when the game came out. I, I, you know, I was born in 1993, so I played Smash 64, really liked that game. When Melee came out, um, I liked it. And I can remember there were tournaments at my university, which is uh, McMaster University in Hamilton, and they had a series called McSmaster. And um, first year, they, the second event, they flew out Mewtwo King, or the third event. And that was the first one I heard about. And I didn't enter. I was like, oh, maybe I should go to this. And I knew. And by the time the second one came around, which might have been 2015 or 2014, I'm trying to remember, uh, they flew out Armada. And that one I did sign up for and I went to. And it kind of was like, that was sort of the transitionary period where like I was still sort of speed running, but I also was like kind of getting into melee. And eventually I kind of stopped speed running, but was still playing melee, got more involved in that community. And because I had done this tutorial series for the Ocarina of Time, any percent, I kind of felt like I could do a similar thing with Melee. And there actually are videos on my channel from like a long time ago, like five years ago, that were early tutorials. And I remember thinking at the time that like, I wasn't good enough to do like really advanced tutorials. I didn't really understand the game well enough, but I still felt like there were things that I could offer like like basically my perspective was like if there was something that i wish i had to learn like when i first started learning i should make that kind of content um so yeah i think my first melee tutorial was uh five years ago i guess maybe even six years ago and it was on rising moves uh as in like doing a runoff down air or like you know like that kind of thing or doing a back air from ledge or something like how does that work because i remember when i first started playing i was like how do they do this? Like, how do they down or off stage and not die? <laughs> so that's kind of how I got the start, I guess. And you have gone through these years of sort of the level up process with the content creation, but did you start to feel, especially after your channel started to receive some more views and your videos were starting to pop off a little bit, that competition was not something you wanted to be as serious about anymore, or did that never really go away? Yeah, so like it, it's kind of funny because so when I started the Micromelia series, like I had I had been doing like in between the whole Ocarina of Time speedrun thing, I tried to speedrun 
other games and you know i was always trying to balance like school and other things like so many people are so i kind of had like spotty content but I, even I, I could see like looking at my own channel like i was speedrunning pokemon red for a little while and during that time i was also like kind of starting to make a bit of melee content again after having a bit of a break on it and so by the time i had started uh the first episode of micro melee i felt like i had a lot of stuff that i knew about like or had learned from previous content and because i had moved um I wasn't doing as much competing. Also, like, you know, I was starting a new career. I had this new relationship, like relatively new relationship um, that I was, you know, moving to. Like, there were so many things going on. So I feel like it wasn't so much that, like, oh, I chose to move away from competition. Um, if anything, that happened a lot later. It was more just like I, I kind of I had imagined a series that I wanted to make and, and really felt like, like it's like. It's hard to kind of piece it all together. I, get, I feel like I'm maybe losing the question. The question is sort of, can you repeat the question? I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm losing a little bit of track myself. I'm just trying to pay attention to what you're saying. But I think it mostly just has to do with, as you continue to go on here, do you feel like, I want to re be really good at Melee and screw the content? Or are you saying, I really want to be good at the content, screw the competition side of it? Like, Or do you feel there's a balance there? So I think there's a, there's a, like a third option. That is the option I feel like I kind of have taken, which is I care about getting better at the game, but I'm not as invested in tournaments and direct competition so for example if if uh we get or if and when we get ranked mode i will probably be pretty invested in trying to rank up in the game but Ooh, let's go yeah and like i still play a lot and like i still am yeah interested in getting better content i would say is more of a focus than competition but i really see them as related like the more i learn like basically anything that i learn that i think could be a cool episode i usually make an episode about or at the very least have a script about so you know there are things today you know or yesterday that i learned like uh here's an example everyone talks about how marth has like a janky shield that kind of is bugged so that when he does like he can do power shields more easily because his shield is like above the ground but not many people know that samus's shield is bugged in the same way and both of them affect like certain laser height interactions where you can do like lower lasers and it's basically not possible for marth to normally power shield uh, the lowest laser um and this is the kind of thing where it's like not a lot of people know this and so i learn it and not only is that useful for me as a player but it's also like oh man like i just want to share this information because it's so uh there's just so much to like talk about. But I think in terms of answering the question of like, did I consciously move away from competing and stuff? Kind of, because I like I was actually talking to a friend about this yesterday that like I want to get better, but I don't get a lot from tournaments, you know? Like, especially nowadays where I'm maybe a more known figure in the community. Where like if I do well, uh great, I do well. If I do poorly, it's like, oh man. Radar actually sucks. Did you guys know that? Like, he's bad at the game. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, like I, I competed. If you look at my Smash G stats or whatever, I did a tournament, a Save Us Untitled tournament, where I went 0-2. It was, like, the first tournament in maybe, like, four years that I'd gone 0-2. I don't know what went wrong. Like, I think I just played a Marth, and, you know, Marth Falco sometimes can be sort of an unfavorable thing. And it just, it just didn't go well for whatever reason. 
And I remember thinking like, it wasn't even at that point that I was like, oh man, like tournaments, because I'd already not been doing tournaments that much anymore at that point. But it was such a good example of like, now I have this crappy tournament on my record, even though I know like I'm not an O2 player. Like the, the previous tournament, I got like 17th at a Rona Rumble or something. Um, but but it's just like, man, this there's all this stress. And especially like even online or not, like it just... It's it's just a very grueling experience. Like competing in a tournament is is very tiring for me, and maybe it isn't for other people. But you know, you have to like dedicate a whole day to it. Sometimes multiple days. You know, you've been working for like a month, two months. You know, technically years to try to do as well as you can. And you know, then you accidentally miss a ledge dash, and oh my god, all my work and effort. You know, you know what I mean? Like it just it's just so unforgiving, and so. At a certain point, I just kind of realized that like it was a bit of an unhealthy relationship in a way where like I'd have this internally internal motivation to want to get better at melee, but then that motivation, if it was manifesting itself in going to tournaments, like especially later in life, it kind of ended up disappointing me. And that's not to say I've had no good results. Like earlier on in 2016, I think I got top 64 at EGLX, and I almost made it out of pools at Gommel 2016 which I think I got 96th, but like if I had won one more, it would have been like, which isn't an amazing result, but like it's hard to get out of pools at a tournament with like 400 people or whatever. Like I, that was like the second wave of pools and I was one match away. Like, so I had okay results, but um, just lately it isn't something that I'm as interested in for the reasons I said, like it's so emotionally draining. And I know that like, if I put that same effort into making a video, more people would enjoy that anyway. Like no one cares about how I do in tournaments other than does this guy actually know what he's talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that makes sense to me. You can't miss that ledge dash and regret it for the next three months because it was just a simulation of you trying to show people how to ledge dash. You're like, okay, wow. My whole month is not ruined. Hey, how about that? I think that playing in, in tournaments is something that I'm definitely looking forward to, but I am interested to to see the result of how I'm going to feel when I go 0 and 2 and just continue to go 0 and 2 and feel like I'm never going to do anything better than going 0 and 2. That'll be my story for a little while, I imagine. And and go from there and see what happens, but I think that there's a variety of how people experience tournaments and online tournaments, which is which is a completely whole other thing. I'm sure that there's a big difference between having a poor tournament performance in person where you're still around people that you know, friends, melee people, you can hang out, you can do that kind of stuff. And then you're just at your computer and you're like, well, darn. And you don't really have anything (laughs) unless you have a specific fallout plan in place. Like, otherwise you're just there. Like, I guess I'll just scroll Twitter now for the next three hours and be really sad. Like, or whatever the sad process looks like for you, Radar. But I'm sure that the experience of an online tourney in particular, if you're not feeling very rewarded by placing well and you feel that really negative drop-off for a poor performance, that it makes sense that you want to kind of back away from that a little bit and focus on other things. And I love hearing that you want to continue to be better as, as a player, but respecting the fact hey, this is how I feel about tournaments right now, so I'm not going to be really entering a ton of these because you can express yourself through Melee in so many other ways, as you well know. Yeah, and I think like if anyone has seen my Do Tournaments Actually Measure Skill video, and 
you know, there there will be a follow up video. There's a lot of reasons why it got delayed, but ooh, well, you know, it's it's a video I talked in the video. I say there will be a part two, and many people have been like, why do we not have a part two yet? And it, a lot of reasons, <laughs> but um, I talk about in the video how like tournaments don't do a great job of measuring skill unless you are like at the very top. You know, they're a small sample size. If you're going 0-2, you might only play a handful of sets. Um, it's kind of hard to seed lower level players. You know, like the, the it's a lot easier to get that from a large ladder system like an online system. So, you know, being able to grind at home and play a bunch of games and slowly rank up to the equivalent of Masters League or GM or whatever in an online slippy format is fun. But, you know, having a bad bracket or a good bracket, like, or, or whatever, you know, doesn't always work out the same in a tournament setting. So I find like my issues with tournaments aren't just all the kind of competition stuff, which is also bad. Like, like I already said, I'm, I'm not great in that setting. Like I get nervous I find it very, you know, I'm a very emotional person just generally. And so you said, yeah, like, you know, if I, if I lose, I, it might ruin my day. And I think, why am I giving myself an opportunity to ruin my day in the first place? But, but I still do care about getting better. And I do want to know how I stack up against the, the field. And there's no really way to measure that right now for a lot of people, unfortunately. So I think that's what will make ranked really useful is that unless you're getting like in the kind of upper range of these tournaments um winning your local might not even really tell you that much especially if you're from a small region or doing an online tournament and getting like the difference between zero and two and one and two there could be a huge skill jump there you might be from like say a, a bronze or gold equivalent but you don't see that because it's just well now i won one set instead of winning no sets so yeah i think uh, I, i'm still competitive like you said but with the ranked thing, the that whole question mark, whenever that whenever that comes into melee, that is going to be a big thing. It's going to be a big thing just for people who really want to have something a, a tad more tangible than tournament results. Like you said, I think there is a true feeling of that. I love the the training mode Tuesdays Elo ladder system. I think that's one really cool way that you can potentially try to figure out okay am i actually leveling up here these are the people i've been playing in the past couple of weeks to try to move up this ladder to try to get into like the regular bracket as compared to the amateur bracket but that's on like a small scale just imagine booting up slippy and there it is the shiny word that we've all been looking forward to for almost a year now the word of ranked <laughs> and hopefully whenever that comes out it will be just the way that i interpret it and my own brain, which is just going to be super amazing for Melee as a whole. Obviously, there will be very dramatic tweets here and there, I'm sure, and feelings. But hopefully, it'll be overall a really positive thing for the players, the people that we don't hear as much about, that they're able to sort of see, oh, okay, cool, this is where I am, and I'm playing people around my skill level, and oh, now I'm starting to beat them, and now I go up to the next tier and all that stuff that'll be really cool that'll be really cool to see what that looks like so i wanted to ask you in this in this whole process uh up to today how many editing software programs have you used because i meant to ask you that earlier this will segue us into the uh, next topic that i have so have you used more than one yeah i've used probably four um thinking about it now so i when i first started making videos i was like i don't know 10 or something i was using like windows movie maker like a lot of people 
did starting out. Um, by the time I started making videos on my current YouTube channel, which I had made videos before that, I have other channels that a lot of people don't know about, some of which were mildly successful, um, but we won't talk about those <laughs> because I don't feel like sharing about them. I had one video get 200,000 views, um, but but um, I used uh, Movie Maker and then I used Sony Vegas and then eventually I learned Premiere Pro. And then more recently, I added Resolve or downloaded Resolve kind of to the to the list to learn um, how to how to kind of use that program because it's free. And there were certain things I was struggling with with uh, Premiere that um, I wanted to try out Resolve because it's you know updating and everything. So yeah, those are the four I guess that I've tried. Very cool. I've, I'm I'm just curious about how it's going to look for me when I eventually say to myself, yep, need to get away from Audacity, which, by the way, is free and is very utilize friendly. Like it just it, it does the job. But after that, it's like, what's going to be what's going to be next? But I wanted to ask you about the formation of the mix up, how you and Walt have started to become one of the more one of the more successful duos in my mind in this year of 2021 and also in commentary as well. Cause it's not just the podcast. It's not just the mix up podcast. It's also commentary of everyone's favorite online tournament that might be happening on a, on a Wednesday or a Friday night or Saturday night, Sunday night, whatever it may be. Yeah. So how, how did that get started is the question. Yeah, sorry. I really should just try to word questions with less words. No, no, so no. How did you not and at all. Radar, like sorry. How did you and Walt come to start collaborating? Yes. No, no. You got you, you. Not not a way, weird way to word it at all. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that I'm answering it correctly. Um, yeah. So I wanted to make a podcast for a while, um, as I'm sure people can uh, infer from this episode alone. I'm a very talkative person. Um, it's also why I enjoy commentary a lot. You know, I've already spoken about how I find certain parts of the video editing process difficult. I find commentary and podcasts very natural. I find talking very natural. Like I said, I'm a talkative person. So I knew I wanted to make a podcast and I needed to figure out who to make that podcast with. And, you know, like a lot of people who kind of want to make smash content, it's not like I can just call up uh, Mango and say, hey, Mango, want to make a podcast with me? But, you know, there is still a circle of content creators um, that I sort of got to know over the kind of years, I guess, or, or time during this. And I thought, you know, Walt and I could make something. I think it would be interesting for both of us. So I, I messaged him and said, like, hey, dude, do you want to make a podcast together? And he was like, yeah, that could be cool. Like, you know, yeah, maybe like and it kind of sort of it sort of was just like there for a little while. Like this was, say, October or something. Maybe I'm getting the dates wrong, but eventually I was like, yo, like, let's do this podcast, man. And he was like, yeah, yeah, like, sounds good. And then the kind of uh, five days of Melee happened and we started to sort of get some things moving and and we had the first episode, I think, the week before five days of Melee and we had the second episode during the event. But but eventually we got the ball rolling and very quickly Walt was like, yeah, I, I want to keep doing this. This is great, especially since at the time it felt like there weren't that many podcasts going on. There kind of was like... uh. Prior to that, there was obviously Scar and Tove show, and there was um, the Bad Melee podcast, which was no longer active when we were going. And they also had Commentators Curse with uh, Blur and Tafo, and that wasn't active anymore. 
now obviously there are more smash podcasts uh all of a sudden yeah but we at the time i was like dude there are not really any of them at all like even melee stats like uh save as untitled was taking a break from content which kind of made that not as frequent and that was kind of the only one that came to mind so so yeah like i was like we should do this this is a space that is kind of ready for kind of exploration and uh it's worked out really well so far we've been very very lucky very lucky to get really good guests like uh you know shout outs to Toph for being our first guest um that really meant a lot to me at the time because i was just like i couldn't think of a more kind of perfect guest to start off with you know uh someone who's like well spoken and well known and would kind of bring eyes to a new show and we kind of continued to get lucky ever since. Like we had Fizzy on the second episode. We had IBW and Junebug on the third. Uh, we had Blur and Homemade Waffles and like all these. We've had so many good guests. I, I really cannot thank the people who have been on it enough. So it, it's been a lot of fun. And then as for the commentary stuff, uh, I was doing a lot of commentary. Um, I know when the online kind of era started, I was really interested in doing more commentary. And I know eventually Walt was kind of in that sort of space as well. And at some point, um, I, we, we got the uh, Xanadu kind of lineup going. And I think that kind of started with like, a, okay, well, these guys are the face of the mix-up. And now they're also doing some commentary there. And so we've started to get more gigs together, um, which has been interesting. So that's kind of how that played out. And I'm definitely looking forward to where it keeps going. Um, we were going to do actually an episode two days from now, but I think we're going to put it off because I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> but um, So I might be sick and have some other stuff going on. But yeah, that's kind of how it played out. and It's been pretty cool so far. One of the big strengths of the Mexa podcast is, of course, you and Walt are, I think, great co-hosts and could definitely do a few of the Mix-Up episodes on your own. However, there's definitely something to be said about having some uh, star power in the guests lineup as well. So that is awesome that you've been able to get people that are that are amazing for talking, that have great great history with Melee, all, all that kind of stuff in, in the mix-up episodes so far. And I'm hoping that with the commentary side of things that you and Walt are able to continue to level up in there as well. The, it's also really cool how the mix-up <laughs> is not on the same schedule as, uh, as me because I feel pressure to keep going. Not because anybody has put it on me. I put it on myself, so I, I consider that a little slightly more healthy. But <laughs> I also see the value, the the amazing comfort of going, you know what? Maybe we don't have to do one this week because we can wait another week or two weeks. Heck, we could wait another month before we do another one of these because... It's just going to be awesome. People are going to tune in. It's going to be great. Hopefully, you don't feel a whole lot of pressure to, to keep up with it. But for all the mix-up episodes so far, they've all been fantastic. Yeah, I think like there's, there isn't a ton of pressure. I think I both of us prioritize what, can, when, what will be the best episode, regardless of anything else. So we want to get content out. But we also don't want to be like, Let's do an episode. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Like we, you know, if there's nothing that we think is worth bringing up, we we don't do it. And I think it's different from if we were doing interviews um, primarily. Then you, there's always things you can ask about a person in general. But in terms of just like kind of the format we have going, um, yeah, it, we're kind of comfortable uh, on on 
trying to do a bi-weekly schedule, but not doing it uh, bi-weekly as in every two weeks. But we haven't been as consistent on that. We did want to be more consistent. So hopefully within the second half of the year, we do have a more regular show. But yeah, we'll never force it. And good luck with your vaccination, by the way. That's very, very cool to hear. It has been a, well, no, not a comment. How do I phrase this? You've tweeted about it more than once or twice about your 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 views and your feelings on, hey, can we make this as soon as possible sort of a thing in, in Vancouver? Like, come on. So that's really, really cool to hear. That's exciting. That's something that I, I, I'm at least vaguely aware of that you've been wanting to uh, get on top of for a while. So that's really cool to hear, Radar. I wanted to ask you about the mix up in the in the sense of how much content around you do you feel the need to keep up with are you trying to watch tough videos as they come out or other stream highlight type stuff other podcasts any anything related to melee i almost feel like just by watching the tournaments happen live is almost good enough to be able to do that and existing on twitter but how do you feel when it comes to being in the know if you will regarding the melee sphere regarding the goings on of melee. Yeah. So I try to stay like up to date and there is some feeling of like, you know, if we do an episode where we are talking about, I don't know, like custom stages, you know, maybe I'm trying out all the different stages. Like there's still an effort amount of effort that I put in, but at the same time, I also try to follow a philosophy of like, not, like I want to be internally motivated to watch melee and follow things. So like there are, there's tons of things where I'll follow them specifically to make sure that I can talk about it on the show. But there are like, you know, I'm not sitting here watching every single episode of the scar and Tove show, watching every highlight that hugs puts out, you know, whatever it is watching every single tournament. I'm not like the, I'm barely able to keep up with the melee stats tweets about like, this is who, what, you know, today in melee, someone won this tournament, that tournament, but because I'm naturally interested in melee because I do commentary and so I'm, you know, watching these matches, like I'm able to stay pretty up to date on it. Um, so that's kind of how I can keep in touch, but, and thankfully not feel like I'm forcing it. But of course there is going to be some times where there are going to be some times where I'm deliberately like doing research, you know, maybe I read the box manifesto if we're doing an episode on controllers or something, that kind of thing. The whole thing. Uh, I did read it big when I did the Greg Turbo thing. I actually, which you know, Greg Turbo obviously Frame One, but I still read. Uh, I wanted to do a fair amount of research because I don't actually own a Frame One or any of these controllers. So there are times where I've I've done yeah a, a decent amount of research, like reading, you know, rule sets and manifestos that Hacks makes and the whole the whole shebang. Wow, that is so impressive because I how did how was I made aware of this manifesto? Was it the what it pro- you know what it was probably the interview with Greg Turbo that you did on your player profile series because as soon as I was made aware of exactly how long that document is I was like excuse me huh <laughs> like that was my reaction I was like how much is there to go doesn't the don't the buttons just do the button description action but apparently there there's a lot more than that so that is very cool radar look at you good for you <laughs> so much research that's awesome. So I wanted to ask, and is there any particular reason for pink? I'm, I'm, I have noticed that pink is, is sort of a strong color choice for you. I'm just curious where that comes from, or maybe you haven't noticed. Maybe you don't feel the same way about it as I do. Well, like I, my 
colors that I started with were the pink and blue, right? And um, early on, when I started the channel, I was very deliberate. Not very when I started the channel, but when I started Micromelia, I was intentionally trying to make something that was very branded. So like, I wanted to have a nice name. I wanted to have colors and fonts and stuff that you associate with it. I wanted to look as nice as I could get it, which, you know, there were a lot of things that uh, I look back on. I think this is ugly as hell, but like, you know, I was trying to do kind of my best thing. And so one of those things that I consciously associate with is sort of this pink and blue color scheme. Micromelia is the series I've known the most for. So it's not a coincidence that I'll use certain color schemes for sure. Um, and if, if pink is the one that kind of people are associating with me, then, uh, that's not not totally unintentional, I guess. Well, that's excellent. I mean, I have noticed the continuation. Uh, I noticed the pink more than the blue, if I'm being honest, but that that's not for any particular reason. I guess, well, do I like, I feel like some days I really like the color pink and then other days I'm kind of eh about it, but today I'm really liking it. So when I was thinking of questions earlier, I was like, yeah, I want to know about pink, but that's cool that you're trying to more or less have that association. Like for me, I was thinking how to make people think of a podcast by someone who's pretty much a nobody in the melee scene. I'm like, well, just throw a reflector on there. I'm sure somebody <laughs> will accidentally think of my podcast at some point. So there, the, yeah, to your point, if you're going to do this whole content thing and you, you, you know this already, you said it already, having things be associated with you that are a little bit more basic that might just come up accidentally somehow, like, you know, the color pink is everywhere <laughs> and the color blue. So see it. Maybe you think of radar. Hey, that'd be pretty cool. Well, you know, other people so weren't using those to... colors too, right? Like, Go it was ahead. like I was trying to do something that was different as well. So it was, you know, it was, yeah, it was an intentional thing. I love it. I wanted to ask about what is more appealing to you, a viral video or a one month paid vacation? Um, I would say a viral video. Very fair. I was trying to think to myself, how much money is a viral video worth? Is it worth a one month pay vacation? Maybe the basic viral video is. I don't know about one that gets a billion views, probably more than that. But I was trying to think of it in my head because I, I have no clue. I'm like, yeah, I can speak to basic YouTube stuff. A good rough estimate might be that like every thousand views is probably at least a dollar. Um, so if you have a million view video, that might be a thousand dollars. It varies depending on the type of ad that they run on the channel, and that varies on other things. But so, you know, a million view video might be one to two thousand dollars. So it's certainly not one month's pay, depending depending on the job you're doing, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, for me, like when I had my uh, what's it called, the video that was showing you how to set up uh, Slippy Online. That, oh, that popped off. Yeah. And it was, you know, there were a lot of things that kind of aligned there well to make that work. But, you know, that got a lot of exposure from my channel and um, helped kind of videos down the line. And for me, um, obviously, I value time off and, and that kind of thing. But I, you know, and hopefully you experience this too. It's just anytime you get like some big boost from something, it like it make like it's so much a snowball, you know. Like if you can get, you know, a wave of new subscribers, a wave of eyes that look at your content, you know, it gives you even more momentum, and the number keeps growing, and it's easier. And so, 
that's why I would choose that, I guess. Bigger numbers, better person. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> I was thinking that in my head, but um, but uh, definitely don't think that would be my slogan. But I do think when I make videos, I really do want people to see them. I also make them for myself and everything, but I would never make them if they weren't seen by their people, especially since they're like educational a lot of the time. So it's so much better of a feeling uh, when you can kind of get that momentum and you know I've, I've i have other projects i do like hearthstone content as well my hearthstone content isn't nearly as popular uh yet hopefully and uh you know if i had a video i have one video that got seventy thousand views i think but most of them like i'd love to get an to have my average views go from 100 to a thousand or something so so how do you separate your self-worth from how your content performs it's <laughs> a good question um I mean, I don't know if it's myself, like if I totally would link it to self-worth, but it can be very discouraging to like put a ton of time into a video and then have it not do well and think like, man, what, like what's going on here? Especially since sometimes it feels like it's not necessarily because the content is bad or really anything. You know, there's so many people I know who have had videos not do well and then suddenly get picked up by the algorithm and do amazing. And so not, I don't know. It's like not successfully, I guess, is the short answer. I think I don't see myself worth as like how many subscribers I have or something. But um, when I work on something and it isn't well received, it can be, it can be challenging, I think. And uh, it's hard not to sometimes be uh it's very hard not to compare yourself to others sometimes or to second guess decisions you make or think, you know, is it because I shouldn't, you know, like there's all these like really arbitrary things with YouTube, like, uh, you know, how the algorithm sees your videos and how it decides to promote your videos. And, you know, if I were to upload like 10 videos today that all got like that were just like tournament VODs, it would screw up my whole search engine optimization stuff in the channel. And the algorithm wouldn't promote my videos anymore. Like that's the kind of stuff you have to think about if you're trying to do it more seriously. And it's super boring. I don't find that interesting at all. I want to be thinking about making content, not, you know, worrying about the numbers, but the numbers are what help you do more content or justify the effort in the first place. So it's very tricky. I think you're speaking to something that anybody who has made stuff, and this is something that's relatively new for me, so I don't pretend that I've been doing this for years or anything, but I've I've watched enough content throughout the years because I've been on YouTube in some capacity watching videos since 2006. So I've seen enough videos, I've seen enough content creators, and as much as you can see as a viewer to the person who's making the videos, just like, some people it's really tied into how they view themselves and then for other people it's less tied in but there's always going to be a little bit of a connection no matter what you try to say to yourself or what kind of life you live outside of just doing youtube videos or any form of content creation so that's not something that's specific to you i feel like a lot of people resonate with that radar so, so i appreciate you sharing and this leads back into the big question that I wanted to save until now when we were talking a little bit earlier. What what keeps you going? Why do you keep going with YouTube, with all of your Melee content? And you can throw in Hearthstone as well. Hmm. I don't totally know the answer. 
I think some of the answer is a feeling that it would be really cool to do this in a more full-time capacity or to, to grow the channel where it could be like a true kind of side hustle. I mean, I guess it is. Like when I filed my taxes this year, I did file it as if I had a small business because I make money from this. But there, yeah, there's some of it is like a, a the same kind of motivation you would have if you were just like trying to become a successful musician or something like, you know, it's like, wouldn't this be cool? This is my side hustle that could one day become my main thing. Um, there's also a feeling of like the same reason I I and motivated to get better in melee it's like i'm also motivated to get better at as a writer as a kind of video editor as an yeah animator as a graphic designer whatever you want to call it all these different skills it's fun to learn things it's fun to um improve and kind of expand your skill set and as much as um i can be kind of harsh towards myself like if you watch my older videos um you know there are a lot of things that kind of graphically weren't as strong. Like even like if you look at the really like I've I've changed a lot of my thumbnails from what they initially looked like, but they sucked compared to how they are now. So there's a lot of things I have really improved. So I think just a desire to kind of learn um, and improve and and finding it fun. Like this is why I was saying before about um, about the kind of editor thing is like I want to write scripts like I I come up with an idea and it is on some level fun for me to write an art to write a script and that's why I have like maybe 70 scripts or 80 scripts that are not finished videos um, and that number grows every week um, I am yeah I just there's something rewarding about it that makes me want to do it I'm jealous of people who find that same get that same feeling with like all levels of their hobby. You know what I mean? Like they kind of I just want to make YouTube videos every day. Like, you know, it's it's as fun as playing Melee to me. It's like, what the hell? But yeah, there's. A, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, man, I wish I could be you. But like there there is still this feeling of like, I want to do these things. I find it fun. I know for a long time. This isn't as true anymore, unfortunately, but for a long time when I made a video, it really felt like like it was like nothing can take this away from me. You know, it's sort of similar to when I released my first music album is it felt like I could like die today with, you know, for hope, freaking hope I don't. But like and people would be able to listen to this music and hopefully enjoy it. And it's the same with like YouTube videos is like, OK, this video is done. It's out there. There's nothing that like you know, whether people like it, hate it, it is something I have like finished and finishing something is very valuable. So I guess, you know, there are a lot of reasons that I keep doing stuff. I think right now it's because I have, I have goals. Um, I want to see kind of how far I can kind of push this. I want to, I want to, you know, we talked about commentary. I would love to be people's favorite commentator. Um, I would love to be kind of uh, a commentator you see in top eights and stuff. And so, I think to myself, can I make that happen? And and the way to make that happen is to to commentate events all the time, you know, or, or to to kind of grind. So that's I guess what keeps me going is like a desire to get better, finding it fun, and having kind of maybe sometimes unreasonable goals, but goals nonetheless. Patreon.com forward slash radar SSBM. That is how you, the listener or the viewer, I guess, with YouTube now, can help radar get in this direction. 
I wanted to make sure that we make that clear that aside from you fueling your own motivation intrinsically and having goals reasonable or not, which I love, like I have, I have unreasonable goals too. Like, you know, just things that I'm like, I can, could not possibly see myself doing that, but I'll just shoot for it anyway. I guess it's like the shoot for the moon, you'll land in the stars. I don't know. You get it. But it's really cool that there are opportunities for people who will watch something of yours and go, wow, this radar guy is like really good at making YouTube videos and this is really enjoy like like I enjoy this. It's fulfilling in whatever <laughs> whatever way that consuming content is fulfilling or this is or especially the educational aspect, which is something that we haven't been able to talk about as much tonight. But I know that that is something that you love to do just to, to educate, to learn and then to pass that on to others. And then they go, well, how can I kind of help out you know, aside from liking the video and commenting and subscribing and such, Radar, you have a Patreon set up. And so hopefully that's something that if somebody happened to listen to this this far, who knows, maybe you get another patron. But in general, that's just something that is really cool that you're that you're doing. You're acknowledging that you want to do this. You would not be opposed to it becoming the main hustle or the, the primary hustle, however you want to phrase it. It would be really cool to see those sort of things happen. And and for commentary, that's really cool too. Hearing how you want to like be not to, it's not, a, it's not about becoming the next other commentator, right? It's about becoming Radar the commentator, commentator because you bring something different that nobody else does. So that's really, really cool as well. I wanted to sort of start to wrap up, but also do a vibe check. I mean, how are you doing over there? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. I feel like, yeah, it's always tricky to kind of manage uh, time. I'm I'm happy to keep going. You know, I'm not in any rush to, to do, you know, I, I'm, yeah, I can keep going as long as you want to. Um, but yeah, the, it's, uh, you know, definitely would help out if people were to support the Patreon. I, I really appreciate people who do. And I, I do often feel that I don't do enough for those people. It's so hard to, uh, to, to juggle everything you know you said at the beginning like i have all these different projects and ideas and stuff and sometimes i feel like the people who uh have supported me on patreon i i haven't done enough for so yeah feel free to pull up a list that you would feel comfortable shouting out here and in the meantime if you also want to talk to me about the newest fledgling startup of yours you are now on tiktok as of today if i understood correctly mm -hmm. on twitter Congratulations. I'm I'm not going to TikTok. I, I refuse to on some level of, of boomerism that I have in my 25-year-old self. I don't know what to tell you. But how's TikTok treating you so far? How do you like it? Or what, what's gotten you into it? Just talk about TikTok for a little bit. So TikTok is one of those things where, I, you know, I'm going to be 28 in August. So so I, I just opened it myself. Yeah, so I relate to this whole like TikTok is not for me kind of feeling and you know my parents weirdly enough my mom and my sister were like watching a lot of tiktok months ago and we're like you should be on tiktok and i was like i don't know man i'm already trying to juggle youtube and of course late to the party like more and more people um like zets have been kind of successfully using tiktok as a platform so i realized at a certain point that 
when I started Micromelee, and you can actually look back on my videos and <laughs> see how, how this has changed. When I started Micromelee, the idea in the name was supposed to be like short videos about micro situations in Melee. So like first video was back air rest. Like here's a rest setup that you don't see that often, but it's actually kind of good. So it's going to be a two minute and 28 second video. That's it. And then over time, I kept wanting to add more detail because the problem with Melee or the good thing about Melee at the same time is that <laughs> it's not often enough to say, hey, guys, you can just do this thing because it's like, well, wait, but does that thing work in every situation? Well, often no. And what about the DI they use? And what if they SDI? And what, what about on this character versus that character, etc.? And so I'd have ideas for videos like, for example, this is one I expect to be making a TikTok about just a video on upthrow shine uh, as a fox against like spaces where you can just kind of near the edge, upthrow shine and knock them off stage and get an easy edge guard. That was always a video that I wanted to do, but it always felt like too short on a YouTube. You know, you, you think like, am I really going to do a minute long video that's basically like, hey, guys, you probably don't do this that much. Maybe if you're a lower level Fal uh, fox player and it's pretty good and you can get a kill from it. So uh, you should do that. All right, see ya. You know, like that just doesn't really fit YouTube. <laughs> and it does fit TikTok, I think. And I think, you know, I like the stuff that Zets is doing on TikTok. I think it's really cool. I think getting more eyes to Melee is, it benefits everyone in the scene. Um, you know, it reminds me of how when Golden Guardians got involved, it was like, hell yeah, I love to see people supporting Melee and taking it seriously. So with TikTok, I feel like there's a huge space for me to make these kind of shorter videos that really fit the original intention of micro melee and also to make more content that's like targeted more towards beginners because i think there's a lot of stuff that like like top players suffer from this even more than i do but even myself who's been playing since you know 2014 there's things that like you don't think about and i and i started playing with my some of my friends they kind of started to get back into melee recently and one of my friends uh switched to chic and i was saying stuff like you know, hey, uh, to cover Falco side B, you can do like run off Nair. You can like grab ledge and roll up. If they go right to ledge, you can do a back air to cover stuff. Like I started going through some of the options. And he's like, oh man, that's so useful. Like now when people side B, I can just run off Nair and like, it'll work. And that Hell was like, yeah. <laughs> it was a good reminder of like, you know, like I experienced that myself, like where it's like, oh, you know, if you do like a, a high laser and then a low laser can work or like you know you can do a take laser dash away down air as Fal falco and the ditto and that can like you know there's all these little things in melee that are like like i said micro situations that just hearing about them even if it's like a 20 second video is useful you go like oh i'll add that to my little kit of uh realistic realistically they're like rock paper scissors things you know that so many things in melee are like a rock paper scissors uh situation and learning that you have like multiple versions of rock is really, really useful because in in melee, there's often situations where the one option is a little bit better, or a little bit worse, you know, like maybe runoff Nair is better against, uh, you know, something that goes towards the ledge because down smash wouldn't cover it. Like whatever, you guys get the idea. So I'm going to try to make more content, um, maybe content that fits sort of the original vision, maybe content that's easier to do. You know, if I make a video that just is like, hey guys, uh, up throw shine, it's cool. All right, see ya. Won't take as much time as these like really long, difficult uh, scripts while still, you know, getting stuff out there, hopefully teaching people. And I, the goal, at least for me, would be for someone to, 
who's on TikTok, who maybe just started getting melee, getting into melee, who goes like, man, I, I just want to learn some stuff and I want it to be quick and easy. Uh, hopefully that's a way for them to do it. And I'm going to try to tag them all so that like eventually if people go to like hashtag chic, hashtag, you know, micro melee, you know, there should be like all these different videos that you can just kind of quickly, you know, flip through that. That's the goal. As to whether I meet that goal, you know, there's so many things that I'm splitting my attention on and uh, hopefully I'm able to do that. But that that's kind of the idea and it started today and I'm hoping to, I was already working on another one before we started this episode, for example. And I'm just holding you up from it. Oh no. <laughs> Hardly. I definitely needed a break. So it's good. But yeah, that's well, the goal. I do. I do really hope that works out for you. I'm, you know, aside from the CEO of Melee TikTok, I'm sure there's CFO position still open. Maybe, um, maybe like a president or just some kind of other fancy. I don't know all the corporate terms, but you get it. You can hopefully be in one of those positions or, or challenge for CEO at some point. But I have been really enjoying what you you were referring to this earlier. Is that's I love the. <laughs> Like it's this little instances of humor that I think uh, suits TikTok so well. It's like Fat Goku that was ranked 69th two years in a row, and you just felt the need to spend t uh, about 10 seconds in a 60 second TikTok video to make sure that everybody got that. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. So I'm hope that hope that everything works out for you. That micro melee can be a great hashtag or tag on on TikTok that people start to use as it continues to grow. That's really cool. And that's about all I had. I wanted to give you an opportunity to shout out all the people that you feel like you want to, uh, Patreon people or whatever, and then also to tell the people where they can find you, all the places. I have what I feel are all of them, so I'll be interested in hearing which ones you name first. I might that might change what I put in the description of this here podcast episode. Uh yeah, so I guess I'll start with the shout outs, you know. Shout outs to anyone who has enjoyed the videos and shared and commented. I, I you know, I'm still a relatively small channel, but I do get comments in my videos where they'll say stuff like commenting to help boost the algorithm and stuff, but there's very clearly people who are just like, I want this channel to do well and, you know, any small thing I can do to help out is great. And those things do help out. So thank you to all those people. Thank you to the patrons. Like I said, I I want to dedicate more time to it. It's, it's just one extra thing to be juggling. Um, so, you know, for anyone who does, uh, gener be, who's so generous to give me any money at all, um, I really appreciate that. And then as to where you can find me, I guess uh, the first one is youtube.com slash micromelee, or you can search for their SSBM. Um, I am pretty much aligned on all my platforms i think now it's like radar svm on tiktok on twitter on twitch on youtube uh i haven't been streaming as much i was actually streaming a lot of hearthstone battlegrounds because i've i was i was like so close to being top 200 in that game i was like i was just scraping the door of top 200 so i was focusing on that for a little while but i've been playing more melee i probably will be streaming more melee so that is something that i would be cool to get kind of that going. Um, I might even stream that on my YouTube channel. I did a stream the other day. So uh, yeah, those are the places people can find me. You can find my podcast on Spotify. You can also find it, the mix up. You can also find it, we record it live at uh, Walt's channel, uh, twitch.tv slash turndownforwalt. And 
I've been doing commentary. I literally, while doing this uh, interview, got two separate requests to do commentary. So I think I'm going to do commentary this weekend at uh, for Levo again, which I did the previous couple, two Levos ago. And I think I'm going to be doing a lot more that I don't think I can announce yet, but expect uh, pretty much <laughs> there's a lot of commentary coming in the future. So hopefully I can improve a lot and you guys enjoy that side of things. Let's go, Radar. Thank you so much for joining me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate it coming on. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Whew, we made it another day, another interview. Thank you so much for joining me to Radar. Thank you for so much joining me, the viewers. Where are you all going? <laughs> Just kidding. I wanted to also give a shout out to the lovely fiance of Radar. I did not get to hear any more details that made me go, ooh, when he briefly mentioned that, the fact that he was engaged. But I was also concentrating on other things at the time. And I feel bad now. I didn't even get uh, like an opportunity to, to, like, to, to, to shout that person out. But next time, next time. <laughs> As a married individual myself, I always get excited to hear that other people are, are making the jump or taking the plunge or tying the knot is probably the more accurate phrase to give to that. Okay, so we have a lot of things we have to talk about before we get out of here. For those of you who are interested in only listening to me specific audio, welcome. And let's talk about, first of all, the free Palestine event that went on for may 21st here this was the, this past friday very successful event able to raise twenty one thousand plus dollars for mecca which i'm forgetting immediately what that stands for i can't believe i forgot okay so i need to look that up while i'm also talking about other things simultaneously so that event went on and it was very successful and it was put together very quickly safe state Jade, Venus, those were a lot of big names. I wanted to also highlight Monday Morning Marth, an article that came out yesterday. As always, Mondays are when you can go to the Melee Stats Twitter and find a link to this. They're written by Edwin Budding. And for this most recent, the most recent Monday Morning Marth, we have an interview with Free Palestine, a player who changed their tag to Free Palestine a little while back to just use that as a tool to talk about all this stuff. And of course, obviously, there has been a lot of the politically correct term has been unrest. There's been a lot of legitimate pain, suffering, death over in that part of the world. And I wanted to make sure that we were able to talk about this a little bit, and I really want to tell you what Mecca stands for so that if you want to make a donation, even without the shout-outs of somebody reading it on the charity stream of going, so-and-so donated $5 and wanted to play along this message. So I'm sorry that I didn't, get all this stuff into a row like I thought I did, but Mecca stands for Middle East Children's Alliance. So the winner of that event was Lucky. So GG's to Lucky and all the competitors for the singles events, but they also ran some other things as well. They also ran doubles. 
so all kinds of all kinds of stuff happened. Here's what I really wanted to get to though. Safe State had an amazing thread of shoutouts and especially geared towards Jade, who you can find on Twitter as at they them, them being T H E M M E. Also, in all in all fairness, you can also find Safe State at Save State. So, in case that wasn't clear, so a great shout out thread written by Safe State, crediting all the people who helped to put the Free Palestine Netplay Tournament event charity stream on. So we wanted to make sure that I mentioned that. I also wanted to make sure that I mentioned and shouted out Jade and their amazing thread of credits to these people, credits to those people. All kinds of people helped to run this event. So got some got some tears a little bit, some tears of joy. A tweet from Jade that says, I'm crying. I'm just really passionate about tournament optimization and creating a space that has good flow for both the players and staff involved. A charity stream, you might not be thinking to yourself, oh, this is just as important for a TO doing practical things as other events. You might not be thinking that, but even a charity stream, a charity tournament needs to have that level of professionalism behind the entire project so i want to give credit to jade and everybody else that helped to make that happen wanted to give another shout out to jade (laughs) it just keeps going about their views on how to make structure a good thing for a tournament how to make roles a good thing for a tournament and it mainly has to do with visualization now i was given homework for this not from Jade. When I say I was given homework, I assigned myself a homework assignment of watching the YouTube video that Jade linked. You can tell from my silence that I did not do that, but it's a great thread on how to, according to one of the tweets in the thread, make shit easy to find. (laughs) Not only do you get information, you also have a few laughs along the way. But the point is, is that if you want to know part just a small part of how a tournament goes from being conceptualized a week and a half ago to actually happening this past friday on may 21st you should just just go to jade's twitter follow jade you will get plenty of great nuggets and information another thing to shout out aside from how well the free palestine net play charity stream tournament went that was very successful so kudos to everybody who helped to make that go well i also wanted to give a shout out to david v kimball who is a friend of the program oh by the way jade is a friend of the program but i had jade on recently with shiggles and brandon aka homemade waffles so i figured you all knew well anyway david v kimball has been on the podcast as well for an interview it was a little while back before melee hd texture pack for the character selection screen became public became like super available and now anybody everybody can just download this and it's hdized it's melee but crisper you get it there were some mixed reactions to this though because some people were saying that the facial expressions on some of the characters look different and that is true i'm not disputing that some of it looks slightly different than what i'm used to seeing in the normal vanilla melee but anybody who does anything with melee to try to make it better even if it's 
making it HD and making it modernized. And some people are like, well, I don't want it to be modernized. And some people are like, yes, modernization and this, that, and the third. There were mixed reactions. My own reaction is, yay, more things that people are doing for Melee because they love the game. Do you think any of these people are making money off of this? No. So anybody who does anything about it, super, super cool. Wanted to give a shout out to a new follow on Twitter, but I have been following this individual's podcast for a little while that more or less recaps and talks about all the goings on of Smash Europe. And let me just make sure that I clarify the name correctly. Their tag is Exile. So if you want to hear about all the awesome things that are happening in Smash Europe, including Smash Sauna that happened this past weekend, you can go and follow at Lexanesirac. L-E-X-A-N-E-S-I-R-A-C. And if you are not sure if you found the right one, the profile picture is a beautiful looking eye. I wonder if this is, is this Exile's eye? We do not know. We do not know for sure. But shout outs to Exile. I saw a tweet saying, my new career goal is for the EU Melee News Report to be in there someday. Referencing a very fun video from Austin Melee that was an SSBM podcast cheat sheet that I actually had the privilege of being shouted out on. There were some amazing podcasts being shouted out already. The Wannabes were shouted out. Scar and Toph Show was shouted out. The Melee Stats Collective as a whole. They didn't mention Waiting for Game specifically, and that's the most consistent podcast coming forth from Melee Stats at the moment, but it was mentioned in spirit. <laughs> huh. So... And, and a and handful of others as well. Austin Melee shouted themselves out. Oh, and the mix-up. Duh, sorry. <laughs> I just had Radar on. How did I forget about the mix-up already? And Bad Melee Podcast, which is not going on, is going on. I'm pretty sure it's not going on at the moment. But we want there to be a mention of Melee News Report. And here I am mentioning it. So Exile, keep doing what you're doing. Hope to have you on the podcast someday actually was talking to Exile about that, so hopefully that will become a reality. Let's keep moving here. I have so many things to talk about. We also have from at Mayhem092, the profile picture is an individual in a blue shirt with their thumbs up in the air, looking very slyly, grinning at the camera. <laughs> and according to the bio, is chairman of at... Oh, boy. Tree3... I guess it's TR3 Gamers and board member of at Smash Finland. IT student at Tempere. It goes on. Oh, a disc golf addict. Well, let me just take a second here. At Mayhem092. Disc golf is overrated. That's all I have to say about that. Let's go back to the thread that I want y'all to look up if you get the chance of the Smash Sauna shoutouts thread. So we got all kinds of amazing people who do a lot of hard work in the EU melee scene, including with the same circuit. So let's make sure that if you want to read all of that stuff, that you can read it. 
I was kind of tempted to read all of these word for word, but I have so many threads to go through and at least touch on and talk about slightly that I feel like I'd be spending way too long doing that. So you should just go and look it up yourself. At long last, we come to another another thing related to free Palestine, so I feel bad. I should have organize all of these links to make sure that I did them in some kind of sequential order. But I wanted to make sure that we also gave a shout out to Dr. Jake Spear. So at DR, Jake, and then S-P-E-A-R-E. If you look Dr. Jake Spear up, you will get a profile picture of an individual pool in one. Not, okay, wait, no, that doesn't sound right. They are smoking a joint. (laughs) I guess pulling one is not going to have great context depending on the situation. So smoking a joint, I didn't want to say smoking a joint at first. I was trying to figure out a cooler way to say it without saying directly what it, (laughs) but did you find them yet? Okay. (laughs) We wanted to talk about their shout out thread of the net play for Palestine event. So I wanted to make sure that yet another shout-out thread was given a shout-out because it's so cool to see the Melee community do something cool, such as run an event for Free Palestine. Not only that, but also to give everybody props for helping to support the event, all that kind of stuff. I know that what I'm doing is at the bottom of that totem pole. I did not help with the event myself in terms of running it or anything. So you won't find my name in the credits of any of these shout out threads, but wanted to make sure that I did my little tiny, insanely small part to make sure that it's like, yay, cool. So everybody gets it. Let's talk about another tweet that I saw at Practical Tasks saying, possibly unpopular opinion, Melee and Ultimate should both test a five minute timer. (laughs) And you already know who got in Practical Tass's replies. That's right. It's Levin who responded with LMAO. And there were more tweets, but I should really let you go and find that if you want to read that yourself. And you already know who Practical Tass is. If you don't know who Practical Tass is, then you should just go find practical tasks and read up study up yes we already touched on the amazing monday morning marth article that was the most recent one that you can find through twitter or just going on the melee stats website which by the way i could just give you the name of the link it is oh no they don't include that oh melee stats melee stats i hope I hope nobody from Melee Stats is listening to this. MeleeStats.co. Excuse me. (laughs) And last but not least, we have one more tweet to talk about, and that is Aiden Calvin announcing his retirement, if you will, (laughs) his retirement from TOing. So that's not necessarily how Aiden phrased it, but the tweet says leaving BTS and TOing read and there's a twit longer. So go look up Aiden Calvin and you'll you'll find all that. And you can read the entire twit longer as I did. The point is is that Aiden is moving on with his life and is going to be underneath the Ludwig tree, the Ludwig business umbrella that is expanding and expanding, gonna become full time over there. You kind of 
thought that that might happen since he lives in the same house as Ludwig, Slime, QT, and everybody else. So that kind of is making sense to me. The other thing is, is that I think Aiden is a little burnt out on running events. So it makes sense that he's moving on and leaving behind quite a challenge, quite the gauntlet for TOs who want to sort of take the place or to fill that void. I don't know if you could ever truly replace anyone who's used to run events. You just try to do what you want to do with it and you make it your own. And who would have done a BTS Summit Champions League and piloted two seasons worth of that kind of content? I don't know if it would have been anybody else besides Aiden and the entire BTS crew, but Aiden has obviously been a big part of that. So we are all... We are all very thankful for that. Wish you the best, Aiden, in your new role over at Mogul Moves, I guess. Is that the official name of the business? I do not know that for a fact, but I see the word Mogul Moves a lot, so maybe it is. I try to be informed, but I'm not that informed. So let's talk about me-specific stuff. That's right. At the very, very end, after making sure that we give proper credits to... Netplay for Palestine, and we also talk about Smash Sauna. We talk about Exile and their awesome podcast. Talking about Aiden, who's moving on more or less. Maybe not retiring, as I originally said, but just just moving on. We're going to talk about me now. So here's what I've been up to. I started off the YouTube channel for Bottom of the Smash Mountain. That's right. If you go look it up now... You can find Bottom of the Smash Mountain on YouTube and past episodes, (laughs) except I have not uploaded all of them. I'm in the process of doing that while also continuing to keep up with doing interviews and making new podcasts. So it's going to be a mix of both until I catch up. As I look back, I go, wow, I've done a lot of episodes. I've almost caught up with season one's worth of episodes which is 32 episodes this is the 29th episode of season two so that means i've done almost 60 or more than 60 by now and wow 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 congratulations to me i guess but more importantly i can't do that all at once with my limited resources no wi-fi at home so i don't know how this is gonna go on a semi-regular basis like am i gonna be able to get out this episode tonight On YouTube, we shall see. Certainly going to go up in podcast form. So for you podcast listeners, you can expect me to push out podcasts as soon as I can. But for YouTube, it's going to be delayed sometimes by a day, maybe by two days, maybe by a week. I don't know the exact schedule as of now. Here's the other thing that podcast listeners that you YouTube listeners do not have. Music. That's right. The song Travelogue, which was given not given to me how do i phrase i'm using the song travelogue with permission from the individual chords of orion is the name of the band the name of the artist his real name is bill vensel he's a friend of mine bill let me have permission to say hey look you can use my song travelogue as your intro and outro music for your podcast and i said cool but i'm not going to put it on youtube because it might trip up some sort of like copyright thing i'm just not going to mess with it i'm not even going to try it I'm just going to put it up without music. And eventually the goal is to have original written music. No, to have original music written for Bottom of the Smash Mountain. If you see yourself as that person, is anybody even still listening at this point? 
if you see yourself as that person, you can just reach out to me if you really want to, but that's the difference between YouTube and all the other podcasting platforms. YouTube is going to have no music and it may not go up as quickly as the podcast itself on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and so on. Those are the differences. And so now you know. Let me think. To summarize what was a very busy weekend and a very fun interview with Radar and all these Twitter things, long live Melee. <laughs> I'm very tired. I don't really think I have much else to say. I think I've talked myself out. So thank you all for joining me this evening or this morning or this afternoon, whenever you actually did do that. Hope that you all enjoy the rest of your day, whatever time of the day it is, or go to bed, get some sleep. I've heard drinking water can be a good thing. So some of you may or may not want to look into that. I'm not naming names, but you may want to look into that. All right. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next time.